Hello, cyber friends. This is Chatting Cyber, and I'm your host, Mark Schein. This podcast focuses on how companies can help qualify and quantify the cost of a data breach. Chatting Cyber features some of the most well-respected privacy and cyber experts in the world. Join the conversation with business leaders, government agencies, and cyber experts to learn more about how and why they got into this ever-changing field that we call cyber risk. Hello, cyber colleagues. I'm Mark Schein, National Co-Chair of the Cyber Center of Excellence and the host of Chatting Cyber. Today, we have a very special cyber celebrity with us, Joe Mann from Arite Advisors. Joe, thanks for joining today. Uh, it's my pleasure, Mark. Good to see you. So Joe, who is Joe Mann, the CEO? Well, Mark, it's, uh, it's, it's not very impressive. Uh, you know, I, uh, I grew up in uh, Northern Virginia, um, you know, went to school um, at the University of Maryland. Uh, and uh, and ended up uh, going into the the Navy for a uh, a brief stint where I got uh, I got injured went back came back home and uh, my older brother said you got to get into telecommunication because that's where it was it was in the early '90s and uh, started out uh, running around DC uh, in the uh, uh, you know Sprint uh, Cisco days with data communications and uh, ended up finding myself back in. Um, working and serving on government programs like a lot of people in, in, in Washington. Uh, and uh, right around the time of 9-11, I uh, was at the Pentagon and the Telecommunications Center working on, uh, working on investigations, digital investigations around government email. And, uh, and uh, really saw the opportunity with working with, um, uh, with government agencies and then and in the outside uh, council at the White House uh, uh, to to jump into this new world of digital investigations. And so at a very young age, um, I got involved in the Enron matter, um, which had a lot of uh, publicity because of the size of the um, investigation and just how many people it impacted. Uh, and uh, and started my career in consulting and digital investigations uh, now 20, almost 20 years later. Um, you know, uh, five years ago, I started Arite. Uh, it's been a it's been a wild ride and uh, a, a a changing landscape, if you will. Cert- certainly, to say the least. What what made you what made you decide to start Arite? You know, it's um, it was really uh, the fact that there was big consulting companies out there that were um, you know doing doing kind of the same thing. You know, there were the billable hour people that were working on a, um, an investigation or a matter, but they weren't connecting the dots. Um, and it just, it seemed like there were just consistent patterns um, that if we got a little more proactive, uh, you know, we could create more impactful solutions to our clients. Um, and it, not just about, um, you know, filling up billable hours, but actually creating um, solutions that could create impact. On, and on the flip side of it, you know, you had technology companies that were great and developing amazing technology that were really um, spearheading, uh, you know, what we were using in forensics, what we were using to to find this uh, these nefarious actors. But um, once again, it was very focused on their business model, which was, um, which was selling technology, selling software, selling hardware. Um, you know, Arite, um, we don't believe there's a, there's one hammer to this problem. Uh, we have a lot of practitioners from the top software cybersecurity companies in the world, the top you know consulting advisory companies around the world. Um, we bring them together in like a multi 
um, uh, engineering uh, best practice approach to really look at what is the what is the client facing and how can we better solve that um, issue. Um, and we make data driven decisions, right? And so we analyze everything that we do. We kind of take this uh, re-engineering approach to things. Um, and it's really trying to look at it from sitting in their shoes. Uh, how do we take a step back and, and give them something that um, is going to really create impact? Sure. So, so Joe, what do you attest the massive expansion in the past five years of Aritate 2? Well, it's really the market conditions. I don't know if we're really growing faster than, than others. Um, uh, we, we all have a big problem. Um, and, uh, you know, 15 years ago when we got in this uh, business uh, with uh, nation state attacks, uh, we were all focused on China. We were all focused on Russia. We were all focused on Iran and, and uh, North Korea. Uh, nowadays, uh, in the last four or five years, uh, the, the real active uh, issue that's that's confronting us all is cyber crime um, and with the uh, with the amount of dollars uh, that are being extorted out of middle America uh, you know the the, the small and mid-sized companies a thousand thousand employees um, uh, it's it's a it's kind of mind-numbing um, you know we we first saw this three years ago uh, really where most of these attacks were, were taking 10, 15, $20,000. Um, now we see them commonly every day, uh, multiple times a day where they're seven figures, eight figures. Um, and so the, the economic impact um, is, is, uh, is just been uh, uh, kind of hard to describe. And, and I think we're just, uh, we're just growing um, as fast as we can to try to get in front of this thing. Amazing to hear, you know, when we, when we were talking a few years back that, you know, ransom demands were averaging, what, $10,000. Now you're talking yeah. about seven, eight figures. Um, and, and this is common. This is not a, a massive organization. This could be a middle market business in Ohio. Yeah, that's right. Every day. It's incredible. So when you think about some of the breaches that you guys are dealing with, when you think about organizations that have cyber insurance versus organizations that don't have cyber insurance, walk me through the process. Is one better than another? Is one more efficient than another? I mean, you deal with these organizations all the time in crisis mode. Can you yeah. walk us through what that situation is like? Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, it's, 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 it's really interesting looking at it from a practitioner standpoint. Um, you know, we, in the in the early days, um, when we were working on these very large, you know, Sony's and the the Aramco's in Saudi Arabia, the the global payments in Atlanta. I mean, you know, massive organizations, global organizations that are, um, um, you know, the complexity you expected a very long tail. You expected a huge program, right? To to not just take care of the problem, but then to also come back and remediate against it, right? And make sure that it never happens again. Um, today, it's it's uh, the difference between a, an organization that has cyber insurance and doesn't, and in the process that that organization goes or the costs um, is, is I mean, it's night and day. So, um, you know, we, we will hear about all the time, um, you know, organizations that don't have cyber insurance, mid-sized organizations that end up going to the big four, going to a technology 
um, company that their their IT person heard about uh, as a good firm. You know, and these are these are great companies. They just don't deal in what we deal in every single day. Um, dozens of times a day, every day, right? Hundreds and hundreds of these engagements on a on a monthly basis, you know, so seven days a week. So um, their processes aren't tuned to what we do, right? Their outside councils aren't tuned to what we do, their, their systems. And so what happens is they end up spending 10, 20, 30 times um, on the legal expense, on the, on the technical, um, you know, efficacy of the process. Um, and so, you know, we've, we're kind of like a machine shop Right. We've built a manufacturing plant for these, you know, business email compromise systems uh, issues, these ransomware issues. And so um, like any kind of good manufacturing plant, you know, you've got intake processes and you you're evaluating for efficiency all the time. And the insurance carriers are really good at making sure that they're getting the most value out of their vendors. Right. And so with the most impact because they wanna make sure that the clients really feel that they benefited, right? And so you've got these massive, um, you know, these uh, massive insurance companies that are now aggregating this market, you know, to almost a million cyber policies in the United States alone. Um, and so they've got a really great buying power, if you will, on, on making sure that they're keeping their partners in this business busy all the time. And trust me, we're busy all the time. Um, and, uh, and so I think that that's really the difference, right? You've got, you've got one group that this is all they do every day and they're, they're just refining their, their people, their processes, their technology to it. Um, and those groups, they organize, you know, and then you've got other groups that are in the business, um, just not in our business. So, Joe, how, how has COVID impacted business? Are you seeing more organizations have issues that they have more employees out in a remote workforce? Or is it roughly the same um, same type of attack, same type of issues as we were seeing last year? No, I, I think, Mark, um, all of us are seeing, um, you know, issues across, I mean, across all industries, across all sizes of business due to COVID. Um, you know, the risk exposure um, when you have your employees working from home is just much larger. Uh, the FBI noted uh, four or five months ago when COVID first started, I think they saw a 3,000% um, increase, uh, um, uh, or maybe it was, uh, you know, 3,000 uh, calls a day, but it was it was some massive increase in, in number of activity that were getting to their IC3, which is their cyber um, security command center where they take calls and they deal with these issues all the time. Um, and so, um, you know, certainly we're seeing a lot more activity. Um, we're, we're actually calling it the, the uh, cyber tsunami right now, um, where, you know, everybody in our business um, um, effectively is working around the clock 24 seven um, there's simply not enough resources to try to help organizations. Um, you know, I've heard numbers uh, from different government agencies that this is happening 70, 80,000 times a day right now. So, um, you know, we're really seeing, uh, uh, unfortunately, the impacts already. COVID has been terrible and what it's done to this, this country and Western countries around the world. Um, 
but really this, um, you know, the, the uh, unintended, I think, consequences of, of the cyber attacks that have come, uh, you know, by, by employees being at home is really uh, remarkable. You know, Joe, one of, one of the questions I get all the time is people ask me, Mark, what's, what's, the, what's the harm that could come out of connecting my corporate device to a personal device? So the idea is I have my corporate laptop and I'm connecting it to a personal printer. Does that create any security flaw for the individual and or for the entity? Yeah, well, um, yes, is the short answer. Um, and and we, we've, um, we've been trying to advise clients um, and, and really trying to work with, you know, organizations like yourself, um, as well as, uh, you know, insurance companies to talk to them about what are the best practices that, that their, those organizations can, their clients, their constituents, their third parties, um, you know, but, but it's those type of things that, that of course, you know, if you have a, um, your device, uh, connected to your, your corporation and you don't have the right multi-factor authentication in place, you don't have the right, um, um, backup as a service in place so that you've got your remote, um, you, you will get, uh, you know, you will pick up, uh, one of these, uh, little virtual diseases, if you will, um, you know, malware, um, from your local Starbucks sharing Wi-Fi, you will pick up, um, you know, these things, you will get a click on something on your phone, or if you're like me and you've got five kids, they'll click on your phone for you. Um, and, um, and inherently you're going to get, and your organization's going to get the benefit of that. Um, and that's just the world we live in today. Sure. <clears throat> what industries are you seeing right now targeted, whether it be, um, by ransomware or another threat vector? Um, is there a certain industry that's being targeted the most now that we've been into a shift into a remote work environment? Well, um, so the short answer is every industry is getting, um, you know, the data, um, and I just printed off a couple of things that I'd have here, uh, just in case, um, so the data that we're seeing right now is 33% of, uh, the, um, uh, the ransomware and, and business email compromises that we're seeing uh, against these uh, cyber attacks, 33% of those are in the professional services um, sector of, of the business. 18% of those are, are, are public service. Um, now that number shot up 14% uh, uh, in the last three months because when people started going back to school, um, you saw municipalities around the country, you saw, uh, you know, you saw uh, those issues coming out of another 14% uh, of the, um, the uh, attacks that we're seeing right now are coming out of manufacturing, 12% out of healthcare, which is a little lower than it typically is. Usually healthcare has been leading in, in the previous 12 months. Um, but the, um, the key here is if, if you're in the mid-size business, um, this is a thousand person business, um, you know, un, you know, right around a billion dollars or under a billion dollars, you're in the center of the bullseye, um, for these kind of attacks. Certainly appreciate that. <clears throat> Unfortunately, you know, um, how do you deal? Well, I guess, you know, once they're coming to you, typically they've already admitted they've had a problem, but do you ever, do you ever have a client that says, I don't have the exposure I don't, why, why do I need to put in some of these best practices prior to having an incident? 
Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's like everything. I mean, I think it's just human, human condition, right? Um, all of us feel like we're, um, we're being oversold or, um, we just feel, uh, there's so much noise out there. What do we do? Um, uh, the simple fact is, uh, you know, and I tell everybody, uh, one day every company and every person on the planet will have cyber insurance. Um, that's just the way it is. Uh, you, you wouldn't get in a car without car insurance. You know, you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't, uh, operate day to day, uh, without health insurance for your family. Um, it's just going to be the way of life. Um, well, right now, um, you know, there are basic things people can do. One, they should, everybody should get cyber insurance. I mean, I, um, we deal with clients, I deal with CEOs, um, CFOs, founders of companies, generational companies every day. Uh, people are in tears, people are losing everything. Uh, their reputations are, are being uh, mired um, and, uh, and um, you know, they're really in a very difficult place. And when they don't have uh, the wherewithal, uh, they don't have the backups um, that they thought they had, that their IT provider told them they had, um, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're dealing with the, the fact that they don't have insurance and uh, they've got to pay a $15 million ransom um, to get their data back, their information back, or they're going to have data leaked out to, um, to their constituents. And it's a grim day. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, if they have it, if they have the insurance in place, um, they've got the people there that have the resources that know these groups, know how to negotiate with these groups, uh, know how to significantly reduce the costs, the risk, um, They've developed tools and technologies to restore um, partial backups, to weave together. Um, you know, uh, they've got tools dedicated to, to getting their systems back online in hours and in days versus um, what others sometimes take months um, um, that aren't in the business. So, um, yeah, I tell everybody, um, get cyber insurance. It's not that expensive. Um, the insurance company, you know, industry as a whole right now is taking a bath on it. Uh, enjoy it while you can get it um, at the price you can get it, but get it. Joe, I think I'm gonna have to start bringing you on more meetings with me. <laughs> so, so, so you touched on something that I thought was fairly sensitive. So we spoke earlier on in the conversation about these um, ransom demands now being seven, eight figures, perhaps for a middle market business. And I think Arate is uniquely um, uh, positioned in the marketplace to help organizations when they have a ransom demand. And I know there's been a lot of conversation recently regarding the new OFAC um, comments regarding ransomware payments. How is Arate helping organizations with these ransomware payments? And is there any best practices that they should be thinking about prior to having to pay a ransom demand? Yeah, so, um... So the, the ransom payment one, first of all, is, uh, um, you know, Airte is in a business of, of, um, of finding out what, where the, where the impact, where the problem is. And like I said earlier, you know, really tailoring that. And that's independent of a technology. It's in, independent of, you know, consulting, putting people on place just to do, um, consulting. 
most of our engagements, 90% of our engagements um, are less than a month. Um, and, uh, um, you know, we try to make it days. Um, and so we're, we're like a high impact team that comes in, solves your problem, hands you a playbook and hands you off to somebody that deals in that world and goes on to the next one. Um, ransomware payments was a, um, it was a necessary evil. Um, all of us here at Airte are former law enforcement or government or military or, um, um, or just professionals with the belief that they wanted to take um, their skills and experience and provide and really align it to helping people and help protect people in this area. Nobody here uh, likes paying criminals, uh, and God forbid, nobody here would ever want to pay, uh, you know, uh, an organization that's tied to, a, a, you know, a terrorist organization. Um, and this is the, you know, this is the um, the crux of a, a lot of a lot of debate right now in our country. Um, um, you know, there's there's some people think that we should uh, we should make it illegal for companies to pay, um, and then it's like, well, you're you know, our government is uh, um, you know basically uh, kind of putting a, putting putting us all in harm's way. Um, because now we can either break the law and save our livelihoods, our families and our communities, or we can, um, and nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to be in that. So, um, you know, we try to work with the organizations. We certainly have a very close relationship with the enforcement organizations like FBI um, and threat sharing around these issues. Um, we're trying to drive better, better governance. Um, um, you know, in the times of automobiles, people knew that automobiles, um, you know, people died um, driving cars. They were unsafe. Um, so government came along and, and put out good legislation, good governments that made people buy, buy seatbelts. Um, there's a lot of noise out there in this area that says, uh, what should you do? There's basic things that every company can do, right? Every company, uh, and there, there should be governance out there that drives it. Every company should have multi-factor authentication authentication. Um, every company should have a good backup set. Um, you know, and every company should have a, a behavioral endpoint technology um, that stops this stuff before it spreads. Um, but you should also have a company that audits that to make sure that it's done correctly, because our IT guys don't always do what they say they're going to do. So, um, you know, there's uh, around the OFAC issue and, and the ransomware issue payment uh, piece. Um, we developed a capability that we believe is um, um, using uh, all of the guidelines uh, to date uh, on the enforcement side, on the, um, um, you know, on the, uh, the OFAC side, Treasury Department of Treasury has put out some guidelines, uh, DOJ's put out guidelines, um, other governments uh, around the world have put out guidelines. Um, we try to follow all of those guidelines to the best of our ability. Um, uh, you know, and they're, and they are, uh, extensive, um, and, and some of the requirements around, uh, being an MSB, um, uh, you know, requires you to file in 52 states, um, like you're a bank, you know, and so when you're a cyber company and you're not a, you're not a, a, a city bank or anything else, it's a, it's a pretty hefty requirement. Um, so we were working through those requirements, working with governments to make sure that, you know, we are doing that in the best way. 
some of the things that we brought to this industry as far as process, we brought from the digital investigation. So that was a, um, you know, maturing since Enron, there's a pretty well established process for how you, um, how you validate whether something is um, nefarious, whether an action has been taken, and you do that in an electronic means. Um, Mark, in that, we follow that process. Um, that's one of the things that I think we do maybe a little different than some uh, that pay these things. We don't just go by the OFAC guidelines to check out their SDN of who's affiliate, um, because the, the, the criminals are sophisticated. Uh, they use different wallets every time. Um, so we actually do a forensic <coughs> evaluation of these artifacts. Um, we look at open source intelligence as it comes into our fusion lab. Um, we evaluate that leveraging a, a risk framework. And then what we do is we, we actually take the artifacts themselves um, and actually analyze them based on our client's environment to see if there's any residue, digital traces of um, signatures of anything that might be on the S SDN. That's a level of sophistication that's a little outside of, um, you know, what others may do in the space. Um, um, but like everything here at Airtake, um, we're, we're always in the pursuit of excellence. We're always, we're always seeking to get better. Uh, and whether that's around the, the, the process, uh, working with our, our, our clients, um, I think this is gonna be a very evolving um, uh, area right now, right now between enforcement, what they're trying to do, what FBI is trying to do. FBI will tell you to date, they don't want you to pay ransomware. Um, nobody wants to fund the bad guy, nobody. Um, but they also say that they don't want to, they don't want to make it, they don't want to create an environment where it's difficult for you to do what you need to do for your business. Um, and so I think that the important thing here is that enforcement, government, and industry work together to develop a set of standards uh, that are really in, in the in the best uh, uh, the the best fit uh, these companies that are being victimized, right? Um, not not exacerbating the issue. So, so kind of staying on the same subject, shift, shifting a little bit, when we think about cryptocurrency, you know, the valuations are changing so greatly on a daily basis. How do we best negotiate or, or can you give us some best, best, uh, best practices in terms of negotiation? Should we be negotiating from a dollar amount, a coin amount, uh, a, you know, um, any guidance you could provide? Yeah, um, one of the things that we do here is, you know, we have we have uh, almost 42 languages that we speak. Um, and, uh, and, and the reason being is because you've got your Asian based um, bad actors, you've got your, um, you know, uh, Eastern Europe, Russian based, um, you know, around that area of the world. Uh, and you've got your Middle East, um, uh, you know, bad actors, we uh, we track all of these groups to understand what their behaviors are, what they're, what they're um, trying to get, what they're, you know, what's behind them so that we can, to understand them is to better know how to negotiate with them, right? Uh, one of the, one of the things that um, we try to do is, is um, as we're developing those profiles on these groups and these bad actors, we track every variation of, of, uh, of you know, type of malware that's out there and, and where it's, it's you know, it's attribution, where it's coming from. Um, and then we try to, in the industry, we try to share um, what are ways that we can 
lessen the impact, what's meaningful. Uh, whether it's done in USD or, or crypto, I think that's less driving the, the negotiated amount impact. Um, you know, at the end of the day, um, I think it's really understanding your adversary uh, deeply. Um, I think it's organizing that information. Uh, some people share that information. Some people that are in this space share that information. Um, we don't share a lot of that information because, um, you know, I've been told that, you know, my profiles on uh, bad actors, uh, um, they know who I am. Um, and so if I speak out and I say too much, um, then I'm not, uh, I'm not as good as I can be, or we, we're not as good as we can be for our clients. So we're, we're kind of careful what we say around that because we want to create the max, the most impact we can um, for our clients. But we average about 60% uh, to 70% less uh, than most of the bad actors actually ask for on their first initial demand um, when we do have to pay. And we're something we're really proud of because uh, actually we've, we have actually negotiated down uh, less uh, as a whole this year, uh, three times than the revenue we've generated as a company. Um, so when I talk about our ROI, um, I say, you know, you won't spend three times sure. um, when you hire us. Um, it's something we're really proud of here at Airtech. No, it's, and what you're doing for the community is great. And, you know, we, we, we do thank you for it. Before I let you go, um, we'd just like to touch upon, just since we are coming up to an election and there's been a lot of conversations around election security, do we think that this is just an overhyped conversation or are we really concerned? Um, is this something we should be concerned about? Well, Mark, that's a hot question. Um, you should have uh, you should have had my partner, Jim Yeager, uh, former assistant deputy of the NSA for this, this one. So Jim, um, Jim worked on the last election. He was brought into um, when Gustav two popped up, which was the bad actor um, or one of them in the case uh, for the Democratic National Convention. Jim was brought in and the team were brought in to, um, to analyze the findings done by CrowdStrike um, and some of the work there. And, uh, you know, um, we've been, we have been asked to advise on, on some areas here. And, and what I'll tell you is um, this is a real problem um, the, uh, for our country in a broader sense. Um, we are under attack financially. Um, our wallets, our pocketbook, we're the wealthiest country in the world. Um, and, and people that are seeking the protection of other governments that are um, out to economically benefit from um, from us are allowing these bad actors to, um, um, to thrive, um, you know, and it's a, uh, you could take our largest technology companies in the world and our largest defense contractors in the world and put them together in one company. Um, it would be something that would be larger than Apple and Lockheed Martin and Google combined and point them like a gun at the United States of America. And that's the, that's the size breadth and technical depth that these organizations that are coming after your client's business. And, and that, that voting uh, issue is just another piece of that, that uh, um, is just a way to deteriorate, um, you know, pull us apart, uh, make us less decisive, 
is just another another part of what's being attacked, you know, uh, in our in our businesses. So, um, last thing I'd say to your 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 folks that are listening in today, get cyber insurance. Make sure you get multi-factor authentication. Backup, your backups are there. Make sure you you uh, you find a, a solid behavioral analytics tool. We use Sentinel One. Little plug there. They're a great company. Um, and uh, that's it. Well, Joe, thanks for coming on this show and chatting cyber with us. Oh, it's my pleasure, Mark. Thank you. Take care. Have a great day. You.